Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to a Utah edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. Uh, Marcus haven't talked in a little while. I think haven't talked since the trade deadline, um, which was the day, I guess, a few hours prior to Indianapolis, um, which, you know, the Warriors were already kind of on a little bit of a surge uh, by then. Uh, but that night they cap off the, you know, a four and one road trip with Steph hitting 11 threes and they blow the Pacers out, which to me felt like a, that was a dangerous game, a game I would have presumed they were going to lose. Um, come home. They have the dramatic Saturday night game against the Suns, which at the end of this, I wouldn't mind getting your thoughts on some of the stuff that went down in that game. But, um, and then tonight, obviously come into Utah, a Utah team right next to them in the standings, um, but they're fading themselves. They traded three rotation players. It, it kind of feels being around the Jazz today and around Jazz people that uh, they're they're losing their spirit a little bit because their front office is uh, trading away their rotation players. But uh, they just they blew they blew them out. They're they're eight and three in their last eleven. They're seven and one in their last eight. Uh, are you beginning to believe, Marcus? I am actually. Uh, to me, it felt like when Draymond came back and remember they I think it was like. Two and two at home, but they lost two really close games, one to the Lakers and one to the Kings. Oh, an overtime they, game by one point, double overtime, yeah. and then a and a one-point loss to the Kings also. Even at that point, it felt very like this team is playing different, like there's a difference there. Uh, now, I haven't watched – I think I haven't – this was the first game I watched live in like a week because I was in Vegas for the uh, 49ers. But like watching them back – afterwards especially after like reading the content about it like you you could just see like it feels like a different team not in the sense that anybody's different but their approach is different their energy is different like the points in the paint is crazy uh i do feel like they're uh a difficult team and you know 10 looks a, a long way away but if you look at the teams ahead and you you've been saying this you know we've talked about this before like, there's just a, a top elite echelon in the West, and then the rest is just kind of like, you know, struggle. It's like struggle time. So There's a four like, that has separated themselves. Yeah, yeah, they, they're, they're elite. And then the rest is like, yo, five is, you know, what, five games out of the, the you know, five slot? Those teams just don't look impressive. I think it's New Five Orleans, right now is the Pelicans right. at 22 losses. The Warriors have 25 losses. It just doesn't feel so as – it doesn't feel as bad. And if nothing else, they definitely feel like a team that where you like, if you get them in the first round, they're a problem. But mostly I, th- I think the important thing is the developments that have happened. There's Jonathan Kaminga, obviously. Uh, Draymond has established himself as 
you know, like, hey, we're going to play this way and, and the play style that works, like no more trying to get away with another thing, but partially because Kaminga has risen. So now it's like, all right, you got to have a certain type of five in there. It can't just be anybody. It can't just be a big body. Uh, you got to have some a five that can do some things. And then, you know, obviously, you know, Pajemski and the rookies and, and Clay played such a smart, like a veteran we'll game to this tonight. This, this was a Marcus Thompson dream uh, night from Clay. We can go yeah, right to it if you want. The, but to me, those made, things just let you know. Like those things to me, forget like, all right, obviously they help for this season. It looks good for the future. So now it, the title window in two to three years, I felt like if they fit, if they pay attention to that more than just trying to like go all in for this year, that's more important. And it feels like they're sitting pretty good for that. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk like quick, you know, he's obviously kind of had a, an eventful 10 days, which includes like, you know, I think a tipping point for Steve Kerr to take him out of the closing lineup consistently. You know, it, it seems like the default now is closing with Pajemski in that small ball unit instead of clay. Uh, it's how they closed the Phoenix game. Um, tonight though, you know, he was in Kenny Atkinson's closing lineup, but he was in Kenny Atkinson's closing lineup because uh, he earned it. And, and, and that, that's, it almost, you know how the default was always stay with clay unless like he, he's, you know, they're really forced. Now it seems like clay's got to kind of shoot his way, play his way into the closing lineup. Well, he can have games like tonight. And, and the stat that I know you will love uh, because of your just you know your your basketball ethos, he had he made eight twos tonight. Uh, he hasn't made eight twos in a game in more than a year. He only made three threes, uh, but it was mid range, right? There was at least four or five mid ranges, including fourth quarter without Steph on the floor. Uh, three straight in the same spot, to basically, you know, give them the cushion that that was needed for them to 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 seal a blowout. Uh, from the it was from the right elbow. It was a leaner. It was like a stop and pop. It was a curling, you know, mid ranger. There was a couple back cuts at the rim. There was a leak out in transition. Um, that's you know, eight twos for Clay. I mean, that's huge. He took twelve. Yeah, you know, like he. I think he took nineteen shots. You know, he took seven threes. He took twelve shots inside the arc, and low key, he missed a couple of good ones. Whereas, like, like one of them, I think he tried to go bank. He was open. He pump faked the three, stepped in, had a wide open shot, and I think he went bank. And then he missed like on a weird one on the in transition, but he was playing so smart. If he didn't have the shot, he wasn't taking it. I think it was only one rush shot, might have been at the end of the shot clock on like a corner fading three. Uh, but you know, you can live with one or two of those. To me, like it, it feels like, and then I, you know, I read his, you know, what he told Logan Murdoch of the Ringer about willing to take a lesser role. Clay just needed to – he needed to find that space where, like, he's got to be fine. And if he's fine, then, then everything will be fine. But he, he can't not, like, watch pods in the game and then be mad because he's, like, mad at himself and, and feeling bent up. Like, he's not going to have it every night. Tonight, he had it. I do feel like we're seeing a bit of a sign here. Bigger teams are, are like Clay's wheelhouse. Cause he was great defensively too. Like he was really good. Uh, you know, he had, he had a problem with Kenny, the Sexton Kenny types, Atkinson, but 
Atkinson said he came to him late in the game and was like, I want Markkinen. Yeah, Markkinen, I know, that's funny. That's a tough, I mean, those type of guys where you feel like there's a size disadvantage, I think plays pretty good, which is why, you know, you figure it made sense that Pods closed Phoenix game because they tend to go, like, small when they really try to win. They got all these wings running around. Like, to me, if he could just be fine with the games he doesn't have it, and it's not like this woe is me thing, then that's great. You know, we'll start talking about reduce role later. But tonight, he was very smart. He played smart basketball, and it was clearly, like, in his mind to say, I'm not going to force shots. I'm just going to play sound basketball. If he, if he makes that his normal thing, even that little one-footer, you know, curl in off one leg, that's, I mean, it looks difficult, but that's a clay shot. Like, he could hit that, like, with ease. Under control, very, very good clay game tonight. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there was, he had frustration after the Phoenix game. Just, I feel like some of his frustration lately is less at, like, oh, he's not closing. Oh, the world is not giving him his credit. I think it's more himself. You know, I think he's just mad at oh, how he's yeah, playing. Oh, yeah, no question. No question. Um, but um, Steph uh, had seven threes tonight. He has, uh, and like, well, I think four of them were in the fourth quarter. Just a bomb. I think it was five. Uh, yeah, he might have five. Okay, might have been five. Uh, and he is now. So you had first. Obviously, we should get into. Um, you know, I mentioned Kenny Atkinson a few times. He coached tonight because Steve Kerr was in uh, Serbia to attend the funeral services for for Dehan. And, you know, Chris DeMarco was there. Ron Adams was there. Rick Celebrini was there. It was, you know, and they were playing in Utah, obviously, where the event happened. So there was kind of heavy hearts. And um, it just kind of brought back memories of that, obviously. And then Steve not being there for that exact reason, I think, you know, kept that thought in the huddle most of the night anyways. But um, it also was a good time to, to, you know, if you go back four weeks, you can look at, this the low point of the season, which is their eighteen and twenty two. They get crushed in Memphis. They go to Utah the next night. This you know the tragedy happens. The season is is put on pause. Uh, and since then, after returning, they're eight and three. Um, we mentioned seven and one in the last eight. The three losses are, are very close losses. They're number four in offense, number three in defense in the league during that stretch. Uh, but in particular, I have seen a refreshed, motivated confident Steph Curry, whatever you want to say, you know, he did go through, might be tough to remember right now, but he went through a little bit of a, of a rough shooting spell, fatigue. Uh, remember there, Steve Curry would be on the podium talking about like, he's carried us all season. It's, it's, it's such a burden. He has some really bad shooting nights. Um, he got nine days off. Now it was a very tragic reason for nine days off, but I do think in some ways his body, mind, spirit kind of, kind of needed it, that getaway. Uh, and since then, in those eleven games, he's had I believe seventy. I put it in my story, and I have about seventy-four of, of like one fifty-one from three. So he's making like seven threes a game at forty-nine percent over an eleven-game stretch. Uh, eleven, nine, and seven over the last three games, which is twenty-seven threes. And Draymond was in the locker room post-game, just reading out stats to the entire room. About Steph Curry, you know, he, he was on his phone. You know, Steph Curry's 27 threes over the last three games makes it so he passes. And then he paused like, Steph Curry, who made 26. Steph Curry, who made 25. And the whole, you know, 
all the players were kind of laughing. But I mean, this is this is a really hot stretch from the best shooter ever. What's uh what's significant about it is to me, it feels like the Kaminga like has rejuvenized him a bit. I, I do don't don't you get the sense that he feels like all right, he's not by himself anymore, like he doesn't have to carry it. Like even tonight, he had ten points through the first three quarters. You know, wasn't shooting it well. Uh sat, the lead grew. Uh and he comes in and he looks fresh. He's fired from thirty feet. He's like laughing. It wasn't like, you know, the weight of I gotta do this, I gotta carry this team and I gotta squeeze in three minutes of rest because I'm tired. Like it feels like he feels more comfortable with what's around him. And to me, that's just like it's Wiggins Kaminga. And obviously Draymond. Everything is better with Draymond, but Wiggins Kaminga. Them dudes give you buckets, you feel good about it, especially the way they give you buckets. It's an inside out game. It impacts the floor balance. It helps Steph get more shot because you gotta protect the rim with Kaminga in there. And this is the formula for how they extend things. I think like you, you know, you if Wiggins plays like he plays tonight, they're a pretty good team. But it was crazy about this. Steph's history is to fade now. And I do think you're right. That break, even though I'm sure it was emotionally exhausting, like I, I do feel like he, that rest helped him. Normally he fades towards the all-star break. And then after the break, there's this like surge. That's been like kind of a pattern of his career. And I do think a lot of the fatigue of Steph is mental, right? It's ex- He's exhausted mentally from like reading defenses and having to figure out how he's going to attack and, and all that. Right. And then, you know, he gets the all-star break and he comes back a bit rejuvenated, but he, he actually got an all-star break early. He looks like it now. And then he's going to get another one when the actual break happens. So it bodes well for the, for the second half, but he, he's been great a lot of the season. Uh, but you can see him on defense now too. Like when he, he can get rest because they have a place to go. I do think a big part of that is, is Kaminga is proven to be like a number two guy, which we've been saying all along. He needs a number two. And I don't know if he has it, has it, has it, but he's got about, he got somebody. He's got options there now. Uh, if Clay's going, that's your number two, but you're going to start with Kaminga and he's going to attack the rim and it's a pretty good option. So he can rest. Like, even when he's on the court, he can rest. I think that's important for the 36-year-old coming up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, Draymond's return helps him in so many ways, not only from a leadership perspective, from a defensive, you know, backbone perspective, just to give him, uh, you know, hope that they're going to win the game because they can actually get stops on the defensive end. But on the offensive end, I mean, Draymond, by the way, is scoring well, hit a half quarter tonight. Past uh, Steph Curry was near him late in the first half, and he dribbled past Steph Curry and shot a half quarter himself and hit it. Which was it was amazing. like a laser, too. It was like a yeah. line drive. I can't believe that thing went in. Uh, no, so, uh, but also, like, there's at least three or four times a game where, like, Draymond is creating a shot that nobody else was getting Steph over. You know the length of Draymond's suspension. Which mentioning that, did you uh, see Draymond's uh, soundbite post game? Uh, where he said the suspension helped him. Like, yeah, yes. <laughs> which, I, I, just I wasn't paying attention. I think I was doing something in the kitchen. I heard. I'm like, what? Well, what did he say? Yeah. So it's about kind of like you know they they've created more depth, right? They feel deep right now, and obviously are in a good place. And he was saying, honestly, getting suspended helped uh and his point was that the kaminga in his absence took off and became his words he's had a bona fide number two for this team so uh he would agree with with what you were saying earlier but then he was also talking about how they've had to shift their offense how it doesn't look the same like it used to which we've talked about right they're doing inverted screens coming is getting you know like high screens from steph and clay wiggins is handling it a bit more post-ups like they've changed what they're what they needed to do they found different combinations young guys have had to step up quinones key santos um and his point was some of that is because like you know i don't know in some ways he upended their season and, and forced them to, to to do all this he did say after that like it's not that he wanted to get suspended or that it was good but i don't know it's just a funny way to frame it considering, you know, like that nearly ruined their season. But in some ways, you get his point, right? I, I love how Draymond is like, yo, man, even my suspensions benefit the team. That's how valuable I am. He's having a banner <laughs> week. Nah, he's, I mean, he, he's playing incredibly too. Like he's, like in the Phoenix game, uh, I, I, I thought, and I watched it afterwards, so. I knew clearly nothing happened, you know, because I read your piece and, you know, I saw what happened. Uh, and then I watched the game, right? So I, I didn't realize, like, he was turned up in that game. It looked like watching the game, that that would be the game where Draymond goes into one of his antics. Uh, so, but he's, like, locked in, in a sense, where he clearly kind of knows the limit, but he's still ready to go. Like, he was going... That that was so hilarious where he went back at Nurkic and slapped the floors like man Draymond is turned. You you very rarely see him go back at somebody on offense. You know what I'm saying? It's usually they're talking crazy and then he goes for the shutdown and talks crazy back after he stops him. But to see Draymond go back at somebody on offense is like, oh yeah, this dude is this dude is fully locked in, man. He is he is on another level right now. Mm-hmm. No. Uh the Nurk, by the way, the Nurkic part of that, the the the, the double slap of the ground was, was wild. Very wild. Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean he's he 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 kind of went through uh, Walker Kessler's body for a layup tonight and did kind of a little flex there down at him. Which, by the way, Walker Kessler, like Jazz got pounded tonight, but he some of his rim protection was great tonight. Um, I think they had missed like four, like they had missed like three or four straight transition, like you know, not like fast break, but just pushing the ball, getting to the rim, and Walker Kessel was just in a way for a bunch of them. And then it was Draymond was the one who finished because Wiggins couldn't. I think it was Clay. Uh, I think it might have been Kaminga. So I thought that was funny that the one guy who, like, got into his chest and finished was Draymond. Very, very yeah. uh, significant point tonight. Uh, there's, a, there's a very important question that I was thinking about watching yeah. him on the sidelines. He's been so, like, engaged. But uh, how how does... How does CP3 impact all this? It's hard to see. Yeah, no, that's a good I mean, question. Do you, just, that, do you just give them the pods minutes? It, it's a big question coming out of the break uh, because that's Chris Paul. You know, I even have chatted with him a couple times in, in Philadelphia. He's really trying to strengthen his left hand, which I believe he showed you, right? Like, this was like a really, really kind of nasty broken hand he had. Yeah. Um, but he was feeling like sometime after the break. Um, and I assume on those practices, you know, coming out of it, maybe he'll be trying to crank it up. Uh, but, you know, I think the obvious answer is he's going to get a, a lot of the non-Steph minutes. And if you're saying Steph's playing 34 on a normal night, you're talking 14 minutes right there where, you know, he's in a second unit that includes Clay. It'll be tough to be like Chris Paul, Pajemski, and Clay. Um, you know, that, that you're, you're getting with a smaller trio trio there. So maybe Pajemski's not in those lineups, but I think, I think Chris Paul will be good for clay, uh, in the non-step minutes. And, you know, maybe that is a, a trace Jackson Davis instead of a loony type lineup. Clay likes playing with trace, likes passing to him. Trace was four or four in the second half tonight. He looked pretty good. Um, and Chris Paul obviously loves, you know, a, a rim running center. Uh, so there's 14 minutes right there now where, the bigger question lies is, you know, again, Chris Paul's not expecting to play 14 minutes, right? Um, it's tougher for them to defend at times with, with, with Chris Paul and Steph out there. I think the problems we've seen this year are the Chris Paul, Steph, Clay lineups. Um, so now that 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 uh, Steve Kerr's open Pandora's box and hasn't closed with Clay, I think on certain nights, particularly if Chris Paul's playing pretty well, uh, he could basically be in the Pajemski role and you could play the um Chris Paul Steph backcourt with Wiggins Kaminga Draymond potentially as a closing lineup and that opens more more potential Chris Paul minutes but he also to, I think to your broader point has to be okay with nights where maybe he plays 12 minutes um just because matchups dictated young guys are playing well whatever yeah I'm just I'm curious about this Especially because you know Steve Kerr wants him on the court, wants the ball in his hand. I also think Stephen Draymond d- does as well. Uh, but I, I don't know if the the Clay part is as tricky. I mean, obviously, right? If Clay's not playing well, he's the one to come out. But I wonder before Clay would have been Wiggins, right? Where it's like, all right, you sit Wiggins and you or or Kaminga, and you go with that. Do they break up the two wings now? Because you know you say what you want about Clay, they still want Clay on the court, right? And when Clay's playing well, he's on the court. So if you got Steph, Clay, CP, Draymond, that leaves you one spot for Wiggins or Kaminga. So I'm curious 
about that or because the two wings, the, the Kaminga Wiggins have given you such a new dimension that you just got to stick with that. You have to. And it's got to be either, uh, you know, Clay. You know, I guess that's it, right? Just, just Clay out of it because, you know, you're playing Draymond, Wiggins, Kaminga, Steph. It's basically Chris Paul or Clay. It's going to be an interesting dynamic to figure out. Uh, and I do think when Chris Paul comes back, one of the things you're going to see is Steph take some days off, you know, because clearly freshness is, is a good thing for him. Maybe not like right away, but like once Chris Paul's find his groove, like, all right, here, here he goes. Like Steph, you can take the night off, but we just know that turnovers and, you know, organization is so important to Steve Curry's offense that Chris Paul is going to be on the court. Also, it's Chris Paul. And if you're going to win a playoff series, you probably need Chris Paul on the court. Uh, you go into Minnesota, somewhere like that, you're going to need Chris Paul on the court. So managing that is probably the last hurdle of the season. I think they've got to figure out. But you're right. The, it, the numbers, the math ain't mathing. Somebody's going to have to be cool with sitting maybe half the time as games close. Yeah, and, you know, one point the coaches will make is, like, you know, we can we can try to, you know, conceptualize in our mind a rotation that includes Chris Paul that also includes every other healthy and available Warriors player. But by the time Chris Paul is back, two other guys might be out, right? It's the NBA, um, you know, and they'll deal with the issue of having every single available player to them when they get to it, and it's something that, you can't really cry over because if you do have, you know, if Gary Payton's fully healthy and Draymond's back and not suspended, and it's, it's a lot better than what it was. Um, you know, and it, as far as whose minutes he's going to be taken, I mean, like Lester Quinones is playing like 20 right now a night. He's a two-way guy that is probably going to get converted, uh, you know, uh, later in the month. But, you know, he'll take some of Lester's minutes. Uh, you know, Moses Moody's probably still going to be sitting on, you know, on the edge. Or My guy Moses Moody, man. That, well, I feel bad for Moses. He was like, man, I need to get some buckets. I've been holding me back. And he was straight over eight. He couldn't make nothing. Uh, yeah. Sh- shake that rust off, Moses. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Moses, Moody's got hurt. Mo- Moses Moody got hurt at the wrong time. It, it seemed like he was gaining some momentum, and, and he had a chance to kind of, you know, really maybe firmly grasp a rotation spot. But he's come back, and the truth is they're playing Lester Quinones over him right now, in part because Lester is kind of a quicker guard uh, who defends with more speed and, like, can, you know, pick up full cord and, and stay with the quicker guys. And, and Steve Kerr's like that. Um, and – so they've, they've, they've gone to Leicester lately. I mean, that that's who's really ahead of Moody right now. Yeah, he's, he was pretty good, too. He did. I liked him on the Sexton and Clarkson matchup. Like, he was pretty good, like, navigating the switches. And, like, he, they like, he gets they up like in you. They like ball pressure. They do. Yeah, he gets up in you. I, I mean, I ain't mad at it. Like, you know, you, you earn your minutes. You got to go take them. So Moses got to take him back. I just felt for him because he was trying so hard to, like, Reestablish himself, right? He, he had that. He had that quarter three. Came right back to him. He took another one right away and missed it. And you know he's like pressing, but I, I think Moody's a better player. But the other guy, like to me, who's just I, we always forget about him. But when he is out there, he's the one guy you always know when he's on the court because he's that impactful. It's GP two. Like they're he's yeah. going to finish some games, man. Like you just the dude just helps you win. 
and he's he's one of the more unique players they've ever had. Like I, we always talk about these rotations, but he is the guy that will find a way on the court because he can do so many things. And I I don't know if you're paying attention, but his shot is not missing right now. I'm not going to expect it to last, but if he's a tick better, yeah, yeah, if he's a tick better offensively, he's going to be hard to take off the court. Uh, so that's yeah. Another, I mean, the one thing element. with him, I mean, it, it, it it's the good and the bad of him, but like you know, you just can't play him 28 minutes, like just physically, right? The his style of play, all the various injuries he's dealt with over the last couple of years, he's a he's a little bit. Remember how they would just never play Javale more than like 18 minutes because they're like, look, he could just go really hard for five minutes and we'll take him out. Uh, it's not exactly the same reasoning. But I do feel like that a little bit with Peyton, which, you know, regardless of how highly impactful he can be, um, you kind of just can't be like, oh, well, now he'll just start and play 30 minutes. It's just, it's just not who he is in the league. He's like he's your electric 99 mile per hour middle reliever that's like, yeah, you can only really throw to three batters. Um, but, I mean, you're right. I'm giving, I mean, him, I'm giving him the Yusmero Petit long reliever status. <laughs> give you like three, like, give you three back to back. You know, your starters failing. I can get you to the seventh, but I'm I mean, not, maybe I'm in not. the playoffs you can kind of try to extend it, but it, that's risky. Also, with like the wear and tear that's been on his body, like he's, he's but he's really a playoff player though, right? Like that's that's his game. It's like matchups. It's uh, you know, the game slows down, gets more physical. Like he he smart shots, right? He only takes shots he's open. He's a playoff player. I mean, you're right. You're not playing him 30 minutes, but he's going to play. Like, that. that's a lock. And yes. there's going to be some games he's going to finish. That takes minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, he was really good in the Phoenix game. He was good again tonight. But, like, you know, especially in that chase center atmosphere when, like, they need a jolt of energy. He Like, he just came in and kind of changed that Phoenix game. And – there were times where Duran and Booker were with like KD? Just yeah. <laughs> unhappy, unhappy with him guarding them. And like even throwing it, like I'm not, I don't want to bring the ball up against this guy right now. Um, you know, he just cut the. He, I saw it tonight. Uh, Keontae George was getting like super annoyed. Right, rookie probably has not dealt with the yeah. defender like Eric. Bates. You could hear him and on he TV yelling like he's holding. Me. The, he's holding me. Yeah, well, he's doing the whole like you know. He starts slapping Gary's hand away. Like the the ball hasn't even like necessarily even been inbounded yet. He's just like slapping hand the hand away, and like that just like uh, motivates Gary to do it more when he knows he's doing it. So yeah, I mean we know what he is, and you're right. You know if he's available, he's got he's gonna play. So it's crowded, it's crowded. But I think I know early in the year we talked about like it was almost too crowded, consolidation trades, all that. But like we're we're, we're beyond that, right? The deadline's passed. If they're winning, and this is the truth about sports in general, like it's hard for anybody to complain if at the end of the day they're winning games. And and I I do think one of the most important things that's happened is like they fully committed to Kaminga, and everything else flows from there because that's the that was where like I think the the uncomfortable logjam was 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 that that talent being underutilized and the fact that that's no longer a problem i think puts everything else a little bit more into place yeah and reshuffle the decks you know you're seeing 
Kevon Looney basically out of the rotation. I think Dario might be on his way out too. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, it changed the dynamic. They're essentially a small team uh, because you've got Kaminga who's essentially playing your four now and he's it. Like that's, he's got to be on the court and occasionally you can move him to three and go big, but like he's on the court, he's your four and that's just what it is. And like now that changes how they approach, how they view things. They're going inside, they're playing faster, they're playing way faster. To me, that's why Pods, I don't think Pods is like, you know, I think he's, I think the, his potential is very obvious. I think he's going to be a better player than what he is, right? Uh, I don't think, you know, people go crazy about Pods. I think he's a really good player, but I think he's so perfect for the Warriors because he pushes the ball. Like it's so like what he brings is so valuable to Golden State, very specifically. Uh, that I think it makes it makes it it brings out more. Like it's so much more important what he does. But the pace of the game is so much faster, so much better. Which is another going to be another Chris Paul issue, by the way, when he gets there because he's not a pace guy. But like to me, that's what that's why. Pods is so important to what they do. You got to have him on the court because he's going to run that thing. Him and Draymond, they're going to run it. And Warriors got to play fast. To me, that's the, the switch. They've committed to saying Kaminga is going to be our dude. And if Kaminga's our dude, we got to get up and down, right? And we got to get inside because he he's not going to do this half court, spot up corner thing. Like, that's not Kaminga's game. If you really want to maximize Kaminga, pick up the pace, open it up, and attack, attack, attack. So that meant like committing to Kaminga changes how they philosophically attack and it X's out Looney. It makes Dario very suspect. Uh, actually gives a little le- leverage to TJD, but it, it makes you want wings. That's what it makes you want. Now, Quinones is in the mix, Guy Santos. Like if you, if you can play, if you can play a little bit bigger than your body, if you can play with pace and get out there. And you okay attacking the basket? You fit in the vibes, and that's that's a lot about like committing to Kaminga. And fortunately for the Warriors, like Draymond and Steph fit perfect with that for sure. Um, well, you know, again, twenty six and twenty five. The Warriors is the first time they've been over five hundred since late December when they were fourteen and thirteen. Other than that, or fifteen and fourteen. Other than that, you have to go back to when they were six and five. Uh, on that first Minnesota home game before the Rudy Gobert incidents. So uh, it's, you know, they, they've mostly hovered near or four to five games below 500 all season. They're now 26 and 25, five in a row. Important back-to-back before the All-Star break. Wednesday at home against the Clippers and then back at Utah. Uh, if you get one of those, you're 27 and 26. If they can get both and, and sit at 28 and 25 on a – seven-game win streak heading towards uh, the break and coming out of it with a big game against the Lakers. Um, the season gets interesting. I mean, it already is kind of getting more interesting. So, Marcus, appreciate the you coming needs on. that after what I witnessed this weekend. The Baker really Ooh. is a warrior surge right now. <laughs> well, the Giants just signed Jorge Soler, so I don't know. if Does that, uh, does that, does that ease the McCaffrey fumble, the – Perhaps in April. Punt. The uh, Mahomes mania. Oh, man. What a, what a heartbreaker. 
But we will talk to you. I don't know. Wednesday, Thursday, maybe we'll see. All right, we're out of here. See ya.